Hello. Howdy, it's me. Hi. <clears throat> I'm back at the uh, the good phone, so that's that's good. The sound will be better. Man, I'm uh, so yeah, probably uh, I'm a little little scatterbrained today. It was Brad's birthday yesterday, and we went out uh, to him and me and him and one of his other friends to some fancy beer, a couple of fancy beer places that he likes. And then I stayed up all night and didn't sleep either. So, so how old is Bradley now? Uh, 38, I think, yeah. Yeah, actually, I never even ever remember really when his birthday is, but he reminded me, so that's good. I was just thinking because I noticed because of Facebook, Facebook is the only way I remember anybody's birthday, that it's uh, your sister Janet's birthday today. Yeah, Janet's birthday is today. Um, so, I didn't, uh, I usually call her, but I didn't because they're having a little, in a you know, 10 days or weekend, another weekend or something. Valerie's having, Valerie and Denise are having a, a surprise party for her. She, she's 60 this year. Oh, cool. 60 today. Um, so I didn't call her because I didn't know if, uh, you know, <laughs> don't want to let the cat out of the bag and be the one that everybody says, yeah, you let the cat out of the bag. So. Right. <laughs> uh, I was just thinking that just because, like, I don't, like, I don't remember Dad's birthday ever. Is it in August? No, it's in April. Oh, man, see, I'm not even close. I guess I get the A part right. End of April. <laughs> but I was wondering that about, like, with all of the brothers and sisters that you've got, do you remember all those birthdays? It's a lot I of birthdays. Do. I do. I don't know. It was kind of a thing with me. I was the only one in the family that could rhyme off birth dates. <laughs> like, it just, just something I memorized growing up. <laughs> Man, I remember in elementary school, like, we had all the little French songs for days of the week and stuff. And the one for months of the year, I just kind of mumbled my way through. I just never quite got it. And I probably didn't know what all of the, like, the sequence of the months of the year till I was in, like, junior high or maybe even high school. <laughs> like, I just, it just didn't really matter. Like, in the summer, mostly, I just wasn't quite it clear was on the summer months. kind of a little months. logo or a little song or something you had for the months of the year, wasn't there? Yeah, because it was something that I never learned, so I don't, obviously don't remember how it went. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny, though, like, it's surprising when you're a kid how, how long you can get away with, uh, not really knowing, you know, or like, like even if I, I just really didn't know, like I couldn't even really sit down and figure it out, or like I just didn't know. Well, that was kind of something I did. I, I, I have no idea why I did it, but I memorized things like, like the days of the week, the months of the year, people's birthdays in our families. Uh, you know, I knew the month, the day of the year. And uh, I remember once when I, uh, I was in grade eight and I burnt my leg at the school really bad and I was sitting in the, in the teacher's lounge just kind of waiting for something to happen. And there was a typewriter there, so I memorized the keys on the typewriter. <laughs> Quirty. Well it, was, well, it was quite a painful burn, so I was trying to kind of get, make my mind think of other things. And so there's this typewriter, so there's Q-W-E-R-T, Y-U-I-O-P. <laughs> <laughs> And even after all this time, I can, uh, you know, I can just rhyme it off. Yeah, I only know QWERTY because it's, uh, it's kind of like that's a, a password a lot of people use for computer stuff, you know, just because it's just right there. So, so that became kind of a thing. How did you burn your leg? I never heard that story. Oh, that uh, story. Well, we had a school that was heated by steam and the pipes ran under the floor of the school. So... Uh, I'm in the classroom, and somebody had spilled ink on my desk, and the teacher told me to go and clean it up, but it wasn't my mess, but anyway, whatever. And so they t sent me to the janitor's room, so I could see the comet on the wall, 
there was a hole like in the floor where they could access these pipes, but I didn't notice that the, that it was open. I'd never seen it open before. Uh, but I could see on the back wall, the light wasn't on. I didn't even know where the light switch was, but I could see the comet over there. So I walked to get it and went in this hole. Oh, man. And it was freaking hot. It must have been Holy scary, too, just to fall all of a sudden and then get burned. Damn. Huh? Like, to fall all of a sudden would be scary alone, and then to get burned on top yeah. of that? Well, one leg just kind of went in and came out pretty friggin' fast. And I had on a pair of um, tights, so of course that held the water in. So they, somebody, I must have been probably screeching quite hard, so they uh, sent me off to take the take the pantyhose up, and then I guess they didn't know what to do with me, so they... Oh, they just told me it was nothing, and it, uh, you know, I went to, I went to an assembly that they had, and holy frick, you know, I came out of the assembly, and my leg was all blistered and <laughs> red, and so then they put me in the teacher's room, and I just sat in there, and like, nobody, you know, every once in a while they'd come in and check on me, but that's it, they didn't do anything about it, and then lunchtime came, and, uh, you know, they still didn't know what to do with it, so... They told me to put my tights back on, so I did, and I walked home. Nice. When I got home, I started uh, our house was always such a rowdy session at lunchtime. So when I went in, I started to tell Mom that I had burnt my leg, and you know she just totally ignored me. So I went upstairs, took the tights off, and came down, and there was all these big blisters hanging off my leg. <laughs> <laughs> she does well. She freaked out. So yeah, so. Uh, at that, at that time, they didn't take me to the hospital or anything because the town of Marysville uh, wasn't part of the city of Fredericton. And you had to pay for medical care like to get into the hospital. Well, I, there wasn't any. There was no money, probably. So I just stayed home for three days while they bandaged up my leg with baby diapers and things so it would be nice and loose and clean. And eventually the blisters broke, and I went back to school. Man, though, I mean... Three days. Yeah, at least, like, that's an appropriate reaction. Like, what's up with the school? Just like, yeah, whatever. Well, people burn their legs off all the time. Like, that's what the fuck kind of reaction is that? Well, that night, they, uh, there was a, a teacher's, um, meet the parent, parents' teacher thing, whatever. And uh, it was in the wintertime. And Mom went there, and, you know, and she, she came back and said they seemed really worried that there would be a lawsuit or something. You know what? They should have sued them. <laughs> yeah, not, there would have been enough money to take you to the hospital. Not worried about you, just yeah, worried about the lawsuit, man. Yeah, and, and you know, she kind of, now maybe I was reading it all completely wrong, but I kind of got the feeling that, you know, she was like now the center of attention when she was there because they all made a big deal about the cow fire, you know, no, no. And, but she said they seemed to be worried that there might be something bigger come out of this. But, uh, you know, in this day and age, oh yeah, that school would have been super great up there, yin yang. Man, man, yeah, that's brutal. I never heard that story at all. But then, uh, and then, and then there was always this thing that, you know, it was kind of like making it seem like it was my fault. Right. Yeah. You know? Like, well, what were you doing there? You know, there was this. What were you doing there anyway? Well, and and didn't you see the hole in the floor? Well, gee, no, the light wasn't. Well, why didn't you turn on the light? Well, what? And what were you doing there anyway? You know, there was always a little bit of that accusation thing, like. As if, as if it was my fault that that happened. But, hey, it wasn't. <laughs> That's where, I mean, just any kind of, like, like, just it's to put your faith in, like, institutional 
you know, institutions or, or even adults. Like, that whole scenario is like some Lord of the Flies shit. Like, like obviously no one at the school knew how to behave in, in, in any kind of a reasonable adult way. <laughs> so, so, I mean, doesn't that sound like you're describing, like, how kids would react? Like, yeah. from top to bottom, like, nobody knew what to do, and ugh, man. Yeah, so here, leave me sitting uh, alone in the teacher's lounge um, while they went off and did whatever they were doing. And, you know, every once in a while, somebody would come in and ask me, what, what was I doing in there? And here I've got my foot up on the on their coffee table and these big blisters hanging off it. <laughs> and they were pretty big, too. Ugh. I mean, it, it was quite a bad burn. Yeah, it must have been. I mean, Jesus, yeah, like that and sounds And very, bad. very painful. Of course, when I got home, of course, uh, you know, it didn't, Mom took quite good care of it with first aid, uh, you know, putting baking soda and stuff like that on it. And, uh, and, and eventually the blisters broke after about two or three days. Did you have any scars or anything? Nope. Hmm, that's lucky, yeah, because it's easy to get burn scars. Yeah, yeah no, uh, no, no, nothing like that. And it probably wouldn't even have been as bad, except I had the tights on, and, and the tights held the water. Because once I took them off, um, you know, my leg was red. Or it just was red at first. But by the time I'd gone through the assembly, which was probably 45 minutes, when I came out, here were these, these things hanging off my leg. And it was, it was burnt, like, right up to my knee. Man, man, that's just, especially that, too. I mean, I mean, I'm no fan of school at all, but, I mean, I'm sure whatever you were doing at school that day was, you know, whatever, just another dumb day of school. And then to have to go sit through some assembly, which is just, like, double a waste of time while your leg is all burned? Like, Jesus Christ. That's bad. But, yeah, that thing uh, you are saying with the tights, like, that's, um, that story from the early 90s is a lady who spilled uh, McDonald's coffee in her lap. Oh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. that's what happened with that situation, too. She had polyester too. pants on, yes, and yeah. what? That was worse, though, because she had, she was wearing polyester pants, and apparently it, they're made of plastic. Right. So when the heat hit, uh, it actually melted the pants onto her, onto her thighs, and that's why that was such a bad burn. Because for years, but when that first happened, I was thinking, for God's sake, yeah, it you know, sounds what a silly. Minor, why didn't she just take off her pants? But apparently that's what the problem was when she did try to take off her pants. The pants were, were literally plastic, and they had melted right into her leg. There was a, it's not the same thing, but uh, it just reminded me of a story from, this is 10 or 12 years ago. It was some lady who uh, lived in a trailer park or whatever, and uh, stayed in the bathroom for, I was going to say like two weeks. Like she just lived on the toilet type of thing, and then uh, when she tried to get up, her skin had fused with the toilet oh, seat. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man anyway yeah that sucks like uh, i remember getting frostbite once or twice when i was a kid and it's sort of a similar thing like they're just like well i don't know just go hang out and just wait it out but uh but i mean yeah i think uh, the burned leg sounds much worse like to not even have any ointment or anything how big was your school like was there a nurse type person or anything no oh no it was mary it was mary's home school in 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 the days when we were grade one to nine we were in the junior high part. So there was no medical, there was no medical people there. There was like no school nurse or anything like that. Um, you were, yeah, you were kind of on your own if there was an injury. And usually they just kind of segregate you. That's what they usually did do because I can remember one day having uh, um, mumps. I was in grade three then. And oh yeah, that day, 
that's right, they didn't segregate me. I must have invested the, the whole freaking school. <laughs> I had to get up in the morning and the side of my face was so sore. But my mother was one of these types of girls. Stop whining and complaining and go to school. Right. So off I went to school. And all day long, like, you know, I could hardly keep my head up. And I had a headache and, and my face started to swell out. Well, geez, I don't, nobody even seemed to notice it. But by the time I got home, well, my mother's freaking right out. Oh, my God, you've got mumps. And here's, and I, I, I don't think she thought I had mumps before, because I'd had mumps when I was a baby, but I only had them on one side. So they had shown on the other side, see, when I was about eight. But, I mean, I must have been roaming around there all day infecting people with mumps. And uh, nobody, nobody said, you know, oh, you're not feeling well, you know, we'll set you aside. Because usually that's what they did. If you, if you really weren't well, you went off, they took you to the teacher's lounge, and, you know, and they had a little, a little cot or something that a kid could lay down on. And, uh, but that day with the mumps, I remember trying to eat lunch, and I couldn't eat lunch because my throat was, was swollen right over. And I was starting to get this lump on the side of my face. No, just swollen glands. <laughs> just swollen glands. Well, no, it wasn't. It was mumps. Yeah. But by the time that manifested itself, I mean, I'd been there all day. And I probably had it the day before. <clears throat> because usually once it starts showing itself, it's not as contagious as just the lead up to it. I probably infect. I don't know how many people I would have infected at that school. <laughs> Man, it's funny, though, because I kind of think of just how even parenting has changed, where... You know, like, you'd never, today, it's like you'd never let a kid just run off and do whatever, where even when I was a kid, it's like, whatever, just go hang out in the neighborhood, go do stuff, whatever, and then I guess, you know, before that, it was even more so. So I guess that kind of carries over to school and stuff, too. It's just kind of like every man for himself, like, just whatever. Oh, yeah. No no question it was every man for himself. (laughs) One thing I wanted to ask you, just because I always kind of feel like I was kind of on the cusp of, or just of things changing a bit, I guess, just because of being from New Brunswick that doesn't have a big population and it's half French and it's just kind of, you know, kind of uh, antiquated anyway. So, uh, like, the elementary school that I went to, like, it has a little bit in common with, or when I was there, like, it reminded me a little of when you see old movies of schools from the 50s and the 60s and stuff. Like, I, I got, like, a little taste of that vibe a little bit. But one thing that everybody was always scared about, but that never happened, as far as I know, was you were going to get sent to the, sent to the principal's office and, uh, and get paddled. <laughs> but I don't think anybody ever did. did. Did that happen to you guys? Oh, we didn't get paddled, but it was the strap. Oh, the strap. That's it. Yeah, the strap. That's right. When I was a kid in school, oh, the strap was the big threat. The teacher would sit in front of her big desk, and, and she'd open the center drawer. There was always this black. It looked like a big, long piece of uh, flat licorice. And it always was laid, right? Every time every time that drawer opened, there it was. And, oh, yeah, the, I knew a number of kids who got strapped. Mm. I got strapped in grade one, for <laughs> God's sake, for talking too much. Yeah, yeah. Only one on each hand, but, you know, come on. That was totally unnecessary. And after that, it was always just the threat of the strap. And uh, I never... I never got it again, although I threatened many, many times. Right. There was once in grade nine, I think it was in grade nine, might have been grade eight, but I think it was grade nine, and for some some reason, the whole damn class practically was getting the strap, but I wasn't getting it, and some of the real smart kids weren't getting it, but I can remember going into the washroom at lunchtime, and they were going to 
the girls were going to get the strap from the principal at the end of the day. Oh, my God, the wailing and the crying and the carrying on and all the all the uh, homemade things that, you know, if you put soap on your hands and let the soap dry, it won't hurt so much. And if you, I mean, they had all these remedies that, were, that they were going to use. I don't, I don't even know if they got the strap at the end of the day. But the fear of getting the strap throughout that day, they were so wired. Yeah, the, the thing that uh, I always heard people say was that, that I guess if you got strapped on the palm of the hand was to place a piece of hair on your palm so it would break the skin. Because if it broke the skin, supposedly that was illegal. You're not allowed to make a kid bleed. <laughs> You're only allowed to hit them. <laughs> But nobody, I, I mean, I don't think anybody actually, I think it was just a threat really by the 80s, but. Well, it wasn't a threat when I was going to school. It was, it was a reality. And in the younger grades, the teacher had the strap and used the strap. But when we got into the older grades, the, I don't even know if the teacher had the strap anymore. You, had, you, you went to the principal and got the strap. Yeah, that's what we always, with us, yeah, it was always go to the principal. Man, I was just thinking too with a, trying to like give almost the whole class the strap like that reminds me of like like fascist countries and stuff and like wartime when things really start going bad and they're just like cracking down way too much and you can tell like obviously the regime is over like when you're just let's just, the whole class gets the strap like you've and clearly you know lost control i'm just remembering now they did get the strap because i can remember walking out leaving school that day and they were lined up outside the principal's office it wasn't the whole class, but there was a whole whack of them. I'm going to say maybe half. I don't know what the heck they had done. But it, and then I was kind of like, nee, 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 I'm not getting it. Yes, nee. <laughs> <laughs> I slinked by. <laughs> Man, that's weird too. Like, it's one of those things that I, I, I'm curious to see how it'll change or how fast it'll change if this does. But uh, you ever heard of this guy, Elon Musk, who's like a, I don't know, he's just a fancy, smart guy, you know, a lot of inventory type shit that he does. And uh, I heard a talk that he was giving that uh, he didn't really get into details, but basically he just said, like, you know, I hated school real bad, and uh, my kids hated school, so since I'm a millionaire, billionaire, zillionaire, I just made my own school. And now it's just my kids and uh, some of their friends, and they think it's awesome, and, uh, you know, fuck school, basically, (laughs) you know, because the interviewer was giving him the whole, like, well, I mean, won't they not be properly socialized, and you can't just not send them to school, and blah, 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 and he's like, don't tell me what to do, like, I'm a genius, (laughs) you know, (laughs) school was bad, a bad scene, and my kids ain't doing it, I don't know, I thought that was cool, obviously, he's got the the means, but. Despite the strap and the, all the, you know, I didn't, I didn't dislike school. Yeah. I know you, you didn't like it at all. Yeah, you I had kinda, no use for it after about grade six. I kind of distrust people that got along well in school. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, I, I didn't particularly mind it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess like elementary school, I didn't really mind it. I was just thinking of with your mom's story, there was a day in first grade where, uh, you know, I pretty distinctly still liked school and, uh, and yeah, I remember I had like a headache in the morning and you just asked like, well, you know, how bad is it or whatever? Do you want to stay home? Do you want to go to school? And I was like, yeah, no, no, I'll go to school. And I just had the most horrible feverish headache like all day. <laughs> and it was a, a little bit of a similar thing where, um, I forgot her name now, the teacher I had in first grade. Hmm, it wasn't Mrs. Smith. I think that was fourth grade. Yeah, Madame Smith was later on. Yeah, but anyhow, um, 
yeah, I don't know, the, the class was being kind of just talking a lot and blah, 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 and I just kind of had my head in my hands, like, because I had this horrible fever headache, but the teacher took it that I was just like, like, oh, I've had to, can't deal with these loud kids anymore, and, you know, she's like, yeah, they're loud, right? And I just kind of gave the, the feeble smile, like, yeah, pretty loud, <laughs> but I was just had this horrible headache. But uh, yeah, I mean, so she noticed at least. She acknowledged that I was making some kind of visual sign. <laughs> but but yeah, I don't know, just toughed out the day and that was that. But, but I always kind of think back to that because I'm like, wow, how bizarre was that that I wanted to go to school despite having a headache? Like, Jesus, you kidding? <laughs> like, even if I had a p possible dream of an echo of a potential headache in later years, that'd be enough to not want to go. And we softy type parents would like to stay home. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, in my day, you know. man, you had to be, you know, well, mom, she had to have the face hanging right off you. You had to have the chicken pox actually showing. <laughs> that would be one of those weird things that would be like a weird irony. Like, if I ever had kids, like, I would be absolutely just like, you don't want to go? Don't go. Like, we'll figure something else out. Like, at the, the barest whiff of them not liking school, I'd be like, fine, I hate school, fuck school. But wouldn't it be weird if I had a kid that, like, liked school? Cool. <laughs> But in our family, there were so many of us, you know, my poor mother. No, you just had to get them out of there? <laughs> uh, just get out and go to school. I need a little piece of, bit of peace. And she always had little ones at home, even when we, bigger crew, were off. She always had the little ones around. So, yeah, it was, it was a break for her. So you probably had to, yeah, you probably, you had to be half dead before you got to stay home. Yeah. Well, I feel like, too, it's one of those things, too, just this, just the way... You know, just society in general has changed a lot where uh, just like what's actually valuable for having a career and having jobs and stuff like uh, like the two kind of schools of thought. I did a lot of reading about this back when I was in Vancouver is um, and they both make sense in their own way. But like the sort of traditional one is there was this one book in particular that's like, you know, 500 things all Americans should know. And it was about having a standardized curriculum of like like everybody should be on the same page and everybody should have the same kind of education so we're all coming from the same place and we all have the same you know uh sense of our history or sense of uh you know whatever fucking our society but but the actual nuts and bolts fundamental reality of how school is set up it's just it just misses everybody you know it's just like trying to aim for the middle so it just doesn't serve anyone so the other side which i like way better sounds real hippie to people but i think it sounds awesome is uh is like it's really self-directed it's like kids basically decide what they, it's like all right kid you got to go to school but while you're here you can do whatever you want and uh and that sounds crazy to people but but, like, some kids just aren't ready to, like, sit down with a book and do a bunch of reading and all this kind of shit. So they might spend an extra two or three years, like, doing physical stuff and shop class and stuff. But everybody, from what I read, from this book I read, everybody comes around eventually, you know? Like, nobody's gonna leave school illiterate, where they're actually more likely to leave school illiterate the other way. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just like, they're just, like, being radically ignored. So, I don't know, I think that's interesting to see how things are going to change. That, uh, yeah, like diplomas and stuff, like, like what does that mean? It's not, it doesn't mean anything anymore. It used no, to mean, it like... No, it doesn't mean anything anymore. Because nobody fails in school anymore. Yeah, and, and even even up to the university level, a lot of that stuff is just, like... Like, it's one thing if you have a practical degree, if you're trying to become a doctor or something. But, but as far as, like, English degrees and stuff, it's really just, like, to show that you did it. That you can commit to something and I don't know is that really is that really and worth that much you know what much? if you've got enough confidence in yourself 
You don't need all that paper anyway, because right. nobody ever looks at it. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, because, uh, you know, I mean, if I had my druthers, I wouldn't even have finished high school. But because uh, I was thinking that, I'm like, who is ever going to check? Like, when is that ever going to come back to bite me? If I tell any employer I'm a high school, they're not going to, they're just going to presume that I'm telling the truth. And I was thinking, like, I wonder how far that could go. Like, if I just did a catch-me-if-you-can scenario and just made a half-assed diploma, who's really going to check? Are they going to call for my transcripts? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe the world is more uh, harsh than I think it is, but I feel like I could flim-flam my way through real easy if I had to. Yeah, well, um, nobody's ever looked at my degrees. They're all sitting on a bookshelf somewhere. <laughs> right. I didn't even bother doing the old hanging them on the wall routine. Well, how does it work to become a lawyer? Like the the passing the bar and all that stuff. Like they must they must check you take right. Exams. You take a bar exam. I guess to even be on that path and even know how it works, you they it was pre- presumed that you did the school. I guess right. <laughs> Sometimes I get the opinion that all they want is the money out of you. Oh, I'm so, sure. You That's know, no you pay your money. Part. Okay, fine. Keep your keep your diploma, keep your degree, keep your lawyership, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and just like wow, man, it's so expensive. Like uh, I don't know, I was listening to a podcast the other day by a guy who. Uh, he went to Northeastern University in Boston, so it's like a, a pretty decent school. And uh, his mom worked there, so he didn't even have to pay for the classes. He only had to pay for dorm room stuff. And uh, and he's 30 years old, and he's still like only half paid it off. You know, <laughs> it's just like three or four hundred bucks every month just going to this school. And yeah, and he's like, you know, he said he had fun at the school, but but he's a video game journalist right now. He's like, what was that all about? <laughs> like, why did I do that? And he took ridiculous, like, history major and stuff, like, fun stuff, but not something you need a degree about. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting just to see how things are changing. Man, it's weird, too. It's even just weird to have money because, uh, you know, as far as people that got fancy computer degrees and then got good jobs, like, we got good old Brad, but for Brad's birthday yesterday, him and his friend Andrew split a $50 bottle of beer. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they gave me a taste, and it was okay, but my 6 $7, and even that I felt like was a little fancy. Oh, my $7 fancy beer. It, it was fine with me. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, that's where I feel like you hit a point. And it's his birthday, you know. It's not like he's doing this every day. But, but where you really do find ways to justify all this money that you're spending, like as though it's any better, as though it makes any difference. I think that's interesting about North America. Like, just, I mean, like iPads are basically Star Trek technology, and everybody's got them. Like, you don't need to be Donald Trump <laughs> to have this stuff, you know? I guess money would be good as far as, uh, you know, nest eggs and whatnot, but I don't know, every time I met, like, there's a Tim Hortons by my house, and there's a real old lady that works at the Tim Hortons, and I just kind of made my peace with it. I'm like, you know what, old lady, if I'm you someday, so be it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) There's always a Tim Hortons that'll hire me, I'll fucking, I'll figure something out, whatever. This is probably, this is all, like, the, the worst... Yeah. <laughs> if someone digs these up in 50 years, they'll be like, oh, yeah? Think that's such a good idea now? Weird old man? I'd be like, yeah, maybe not, but... Well, I don't know. <laughs> I have no hopes for a lot of people in your generation having any drive or... Well, I don't know. I, yeah, but you'll probably surface somehow at the end. I always think it's interesting, too, though. Uh, I mean, uh, I have no idea how your guys' uh, nest egg is like. I assume it must be okay. But... Uh, but it's surprising, even just stuff like uh, that lady Ayn Rand, you know, like, 
she wrote those two books that were like huge books. They made movie a movie out of one of them with Cary Grant in it. You know, like she was doing real good. And uh, apparently, by the end of her life, like she uh, she was on like uh, financial assistance and had no money left, just from uh, uh, what's that called when money becomes worthless? <laughs> Inflation. And man, that was a bummer to learn about. It's just like, dude, why even bother? Holy crap! I guess she well, should have had like property and stuff. Yeah, she. You have to kind of have a sense of of uh, being able to save money too. I mean, that's part of my work ethic. I was brought up in a family, didn't have a whole lot of money, had to kind of struggle for everything that you did get. And so when you do start making some money, um, you still have that ethic. Like, you just don't go out and blow it. Yeah. And then you get, for me, it's a, a lot of this stuff. Like, I don't want this stuff. I just don't want it stuff. Yeah. I just have no interest in it. Oh, speaking of that, uh, I'm going to mail uh, just, I have... Um a portable hard drive that I'm just going to mail back to the house if you don't mind. Uh, I think yeah, there's no still problem. in the front room there's like just a box of stuff. Yeah, you got a box of stuff there. Yeah, <laughs> under uh, under a that. chair. So uh, when I mail back this thing, just uh, if you could just toss it in there, just toss it in that box of stuff. And I also have. Do you remember I was telling you about the Iroquois book way back when we started this yeah. podcast? So uh, I'll put that in there too, just because uh, I'm mostly just donating all my books, you know, to Salvation Army or whatever. But that's the one book that I figure, oh well, I'll keep that book because that's a cool, weird old book. Um, so what do I do with this hard drive once you get settled in Vancouver? Like, uh, send it out there or just Yeah, like, I, here? I don't really need it. It's just, like, extra backups of, stu- backups of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, just if you just put it in that box of the, with this other stuff under the chair. But I don't remember what else is in there. I think uh, a scanner and stuff. So, like, if I ever need that stuff, I'll let you know. But probably it'll just be whenever I come back to visit, I'll grab anything that I need. But, uh, yeah, it's just, a, just like, a, back, a double backup that I just don't want to carry around with me. So have you given your notice at the your place in Toronto? Yeah, I mean, I've got to make it more official, official. But yeah, I mean, I already told her. I was thinking that, too, that it's like, I don't know, I was kind of dragging my heels a little bit setting stuff up because my idea was like, well, I still know a handful of people in Vancouver, so I guess I should drop them a line and just in the offhand chance that anybody has roommates and blah, blah, blah. And I just, it's one of those things where I just kept putting it off and I wasn't really sure why. And then I was thinking about it, uh, yesterday or two days ago and I think maybe it's like like I just kind of weirdly felt like maybe I just won't even get in touch with them like maybe I'll just go sort my thing stuff out myself and then get in touch with people later because I was thinking about like with the Keith and the girl stuff and with that chick when I first moved back and with Joel like in all these cases the only reason things went wrong in all these cases is just because I got too involved in someone else's stuff and, and I was thinking, like, with my other friends in Toronto, like, you know, if I was really that intertwined with all of their shit, we'd probably get in fights, too. <laughs> like, it's just kind of... So I was thinking, like, I actually think it would be kind of more comforting to just move to Vancouver and just find a place on Craigslist or something and not not even to give... Like, it seems like the obvious thing would be, like, so, you know, go with the support structure that's there. But I kind of don't want to. Like, in the offhand chance one of them does have a room or something, I don't want to be roommates with them and just, I don't know. I just feel weirdly better about just going solo. So, yeah, so I just got it. I haven't done that, though. I just figured that out the other day. But, yeah, I'll just, I'll just you know, because really the only reason it was even kind of hard to get this place in Toronto was because it was, I was trying to find a place that could be suitable for two people if things had worked out with that girl. Like, if, it was, if it's just me, I can live like Harry Potter under the stairs. I don't care, <laughs> you know? I really don't think it'll be hard to find a place. 
but I do want to kind of sort it out just to get a plane ticket because you know the sooner I get it the cheaper it'll be yeah, the sooner you do it, the, the then you'll definitely be committed to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely though. I'm definitely going. No question about that. Because like the yeah, the uh, just the notion of staying for another winter. Oof. And I think I've told everybody now that lives around here. And yeah, no, uh, no real particular, you know, descent. Everybody's like, yeah, okay, kind of makes sense. Like you're not really doing much around here. <laughs> and it's kind of like once you once you firm it up and you start telling people, then you kind of have to follow through. Yeah. Because otherwise people would say, hey, haven't you gone yet? Yeah, although I've cried wolf already before, so it's like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it doesn't make that much difference at this point how many more times I do. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't intend to have any big... Well, I guess the unofficial kind of going away thing is, like, I think I mentioned that they're renting this cabin in mid-July. So that'll be cool. Go to this cabin, hang out there, and then head out... I thought I had something else I was going to say, but yeah, my brain is uh, it's not working. Hmm. Oh yeah, I was going to say just how nice it is. It's not something that happens very often in life, but when you can just get a one-way ticket to somewhere, like a one-way plane ticket, it's like cheap. <laughs> you know? It's like just a neat thing, because how often does that ever happen, that you're just going somewhere and you ain't coming back? Well, when you get ready to go, let me know, and I'll put a little bit of extra money in your little account there to get you help you get set up. Yeah, I mean, everything seems... Uh, I'm doing pretty pretty much all right now, but I'll let you know. I also finally did all my taxes from 2010 to 2014. Oh, are you getting so money back? They haven't uh, processed yet, but, I mean, yeah, theoretically, I should get a bunch of money from those. Yeah, and you should get the HST. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm actually, I'm not sure if I, so it should be, it's either a grand or two grand. I'm really not sure. I don't remember how much, but roughly that's what I'm guessing. So that should be good. But yeah, no, I think it'll be very cool. And then uh, it's, it's kind of a nice thing too, because uh, like here in Toronto, I had this little group of people and I really think that kind of helped um, just with this kind of lackadaisical not getting a job thing, because uh, I just had uh, just people around to hang out with all the time and uh, Whereas in Vancouver, I was thinking that last night. I was like, had the mostly I'm pretty excited to go, but occasionally I get the little like panicky, like, oh crap, like this is hard to do, like to just move somewhere and stuff. But uh, but then I realized like, or mostly just because like when I first moved there and I didn't know anybody, like that really was tough when you don't know anybody. Like you just kind of, it's weird being isolated like that. Like I never thought I would sort of unravel <laughs> as much as I did. Like, I guess that's why they do solitary confinement and stuff, or like that castaway movie with Tom Hanks where he went all crazy. Like, when you just don't know anybody, it gets weird after pretty fast, like probably after a couple of weeks. But, uh, but then I was like, oh, well, all I got to do is get a job. <laughs> if I just get a job, then there's people I see every day, and there you go, everything's fine. I really well, am. And, and that's a, that was a pretty big move, because you weren't that old when you did that. Yeah, 24, I think. I think you're 24. Um, and now you've got a few more years under your belt, and you've been around the world. Not around the world, but you've, you've been around. Right. Gone a few places all on your own. So, uh, now I, you know, I think it's a good move. Yeah, I'm relatively confident. And I was thinking even just as far as, like, sort of just easy, crappy jobs, I really kind of did like working at a coffee shop, and that's, like, a great one for just... Uh, not being an isolated weirdo because you just you know people come in all day and you're just blabbing to people and it was really actually kind of a good setup the place i worked because it was uh was always one native english speaker with one english second language person that was there for like a work visa thing and uh 
you know, they were supposed to be there to practice their English, but but day in and day out, they they just didn't want to wore them down. So, but whereas I didn't want to make overly complicated coffee drinks all day, so it was it worked out great. Like I could be the hey, how you doing? Can I get you blah 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 to the customers, and then they would just make the drinks, and, and then I would talk to them when the time you know when we had downtime. So they still got to talk to somebody speaking English all day. So yeah, it was like win win win. And yeah, as far as like, because I don't know, I really, I think that's one reason why I was a clerk for so long at like the co- uh, comic shop and all that stuff is I, I mean, I like clerking. It's actually kind of fun. I like just <laughs> blabbing to people and whatever. But then, but then I'm not like beholden to hang out with them all day. They're just buying some stuff. We blab for a few minutes. They go away. Perfect. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're just, uh, yeah, exactly. You got their acquaintances. Yeah. Yeah, they and come I mean, in long. If they come in often enough, you know, they're, yeah, they're an acquaintance. Yeah, and coffee shops in particular get like a lot of regulars. Like I met a ton of people at that coffee shop in Vancouver. So yeah, I think that just to just to get like sort of established at the very least and just have some kind of job and sort of reintegrate with the fabric of the city. Like I feel like that would be a good a good job to get, and it's an easy job to get also. Well, yeah, and, and getting yourself. Yeah. Get, getting yourself. That's one thing that's kind of interesting about uh, bigger cities as opposed to smaller cities. Like me and Brad were at some uh, some rock and roll show the other day, and uh, you know the bartender he was probably 55 or so, you know, and just you know he's obviously just a lifer bartender guy. And I noticed that in New York all the time is uh, like in a small city it would be weird if you're like in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and you're still just kind of working a normal job while you try to be an artist or whatever. Man, the sec floor buffer going by uh where in a big city it's not weird at all like it's not at all weird for somebody with gray in their hair to still be wearing a leather jacket and tendon bar or whatever <laughs> you know it's gonna be one buffed floor okay i think he's done i don't know this place has actually been kind of weirdly loud today but no whatever well, Neil has brought some supper home, so I'm going to go down and have some, so. Cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, I guess it's, uh, it's Father's Day on Sunday, right? So yep. tell him I said happy Father's Day. Maybe I'll call, but maybe I won't, so. <laughs> I'll pass it on to him. All right, sounds good. Oh, I just wanted to say real quick, actually, because we talked a bit last week, but we didn't record a podcast. Just, I mean, nobody cares, but just to keep the thread of the stupid uh, little plot lines of this podcast going is that I glued my shoes and they work great now. I just wanted to say that for Wonderful. the show. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right, so I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye.